Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans. Happy April 1st. I promise no April Fool's Day jokes today. All sports. Great week for the Rays, the Bolts. March Madness is finally here. The Final Four. And of course, the Masters preview. The number here is 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email as always. If you want to go to jimmybsports.com, you can check out all the latest scores and shoot me an email that way. We'll be right back to kick off the show. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back to the show, sports fans. When we talked about the lightning in the last show, we had talked about the three-game losing streak they're on, and they lost to Boston last Saturday. Saw four games in a row that they were on the wrong end of the scoreboard. But we turned that around this week, Tuesday. We went up to Raleigh to be able to play the Hurricanes, who's in the lead in their division. So when you go up there on someone else's ice and you beat them like we did, we shut them out for zip. Braden Point had two goals and assist. Uh, we snapped the four-game losing streak, like I mentioned. And Stamco said after the game, it starts with effort and emotion. He said this game was a good example of getting the outcome because of the process. I thought we just played a really solid, patient, physical, and in-your-face style of game, and we got rewarded for it. So we said last week on the show that a lot of times you go out there and it's tough to maintain the, the pace of a long season the way the Bolts have had to the last several years getting to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row so when you have the captain going out there saying that you guys played well the emotion was there the effort as well he said that's the kind of hockey that you've got to play at this time of year we know what the recipe is it's just about executing and that's so true the issues that the lightning have had this year are the times when they don't go out there and execute they have some mental lapses especially on the defensive side of things sometimes you know you go out there vasilevsky he had 29 saves in the game, including 12 in the third period for his third shutout of the season. And they had a great work ethic. And when you go out there and you keep on grinding and get back to the basics, no, good things happen. And I think that um, when you look at what the Lightning did, they built off of that game and they came back on Thursday night and we beat a Washington Capitals team. I believe that score was 5-1. to one. So, Overall, like we mentioned last week, it wasn't time to panic. It was just time to get back to some basics and get the team ready for the long haul in the playoffs. And that's what happens. So if you look at the things right now, as far as the standings for the Lightning, there's still four, not not still, but only four points 
off of the total points. We have 94 going into the weekend. Toronto has 98. So can we catch Toronto and maybe get the home ice for that uh, series in the playoffs? Anything could happen. It's the last two weeks of the season. So, you know, we come off a great game on Tuesday against uh, Panthers up there. Then we come back and we beat the Capitals 5-1. to one. Maroon scored twice in the third period. Uh, Stamkos had a goal and assist. And, you know, even though Washington is not uh, playing the best hockey that they can right now, it, it was still uh, still a great win for us. So I think that when you put those two together, can we win three in a row? Well, you know, go out to the game today and, and cheer on the Bolts as we're hosting the Islanders. That's a 7 o'clock game tonight. I know it might interfere with some March Madness plans, but uh, nonetheless, if, if you're maybe not a basketball fan and want to go out there and see the Lightning play, great opportunity to see them play and maybe get the third win in a row, pick up a couple more points and move up in the standings. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com is the address that will get you on the show. If you want to uh, send something, we'll get it read on, on the show. I think right now, Braden Point, a couple more goals like we mentioned on Tuesday. He's up to 47 goals. Nikita Kucherov, 76 assists, 104 points. So very, very likely that the Lightning get to an, another 100-point season. They're not going to catch Boston, obviously. Boston uh, will have the best record of any team, get the President's Club trophy for doing that. But those stats don't mean anything. Just keep on playing. Get better today, better today than you were yesterday. And get mentally and, and physically ready for the next game at hand. And you have to keep your sights on what is the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is, of course, when the season starts, making the playoffs. Oh, we're already there. We're going to make the playoffs, no doubt. And now it's going to be get ready. How, what do we need to do to win that first series? Because that's when all the hard stuff starts. Because, like we mentioned so many times on this show, winning the Stanley Cup is the hardest overall trophy to win in all of sports in many opinions and especially in, in mine so we have to be well rested like I mentioned be well rested don't have any key injuries to anyone and keep building the momentum and I think that's what we've done this week it was great to see the guys come out and do that and let's hope we can keep on building on that and close out the last two weeks of the season strong I still strongly suggest that we rest some of the players because Going into the playoffs, they know what's ahead of them. That's the difference between a team like the, the Lightning and the Rays, perhaps. You know, the Rays know how to get to the playoffs. They've done that many times the last several years. But the Bolts, the Lightning, have a formula to win the whole thing which you can't say that for the race. Hopefully we can say that soon, preferably after this season, if things would go right. But the Lightning know what it takes. They have the blueprint. They have the key to unlock what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. So at times during the season, when you think that they're, you know, maybe not playing so hard, and obviously it's very easy and fair to say that because that's what we do. We dissect the games. We dissect what's going on with the teams. And definitely there are times when everyone on that team is going to have a bad day. Everyone has a bad day at work. 
And you know, that's what happened. So you know, just uh, stay in the right frame of mind as a Lightning fan that although we'd like to see them win every game, especially all the home games, it's not going to happen. And as long as we can hit our stride, which I think we're doing right now, and get ready for the work ahead of us, which is really a, a grueling playoff schedule. They're all seven-game series, and, you know, last man standing, you see the, the winner hoisting the, the Stanley Cup at the end. There's some tired men on that ice for the last game of the season when they're playing. So, like I said, they had the formula. It's just a matter of you know, getting to that point. I'm sure everyone on that team wishes that the playoffs were starting this weekend instead of you know, three weekends from now. So, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm, I'm definitely down with what the Lightning are doing. Not worried about them. Saying that all season long. And I would love to hear your comments. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. We'll be right back. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at the Property shopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Baseball fans, welcome back. The boys of summer are at it again. What a great home opener for the Rays on Thursday as they hosted Detroit. We came away with a 4-0 shutout. Nothing short of spectacular by Shane McClanahan. Tell you why, when he's on, it's tough. I was watching him against one of the batters. I don't know, he threw a, a, some type of slider, then a, a curve on the outside corner, then a 100 mile an hour fastball for the third pitch strikeout. When he's on, there aren't many people better than him. So if he can stay healthy this year, definitely a huge cog in that pitching lineup. We have Zach Eflin, who we picked up from the Phillies, on the mound today. As we complete the series, it will be today and then tomorrow. It should be, I think we have Springs going tomorrow. So when you have, you know, Rasmus and Springs, McClanahan, um, you know, we have someone coming back from injury here very shortly. We, it's going to be an unbelievable rotation from a pitching standpoint for us. My only concern, like it's always been, are the bats. In the, the home opener, you know, we scored four runs. We had a nice home run, a couple of nice home runs, actually, by Rosarina and also by Wander Franco. So any concerns about his uh, nagging injuries? Hopefully we're put to rest at least for a day. When you look at the, one of the best things about the day, in my opinion, wasn't the scoreboard. It was the fact of seeing another sellout. Home opener sellout for the Rays. That's our 17th consecutive opening day sellout at home, excluding the 2020 season when fans weren't allowed to go because of COVID. Uh, 17 in a row. So that, that that's saying something. It's nice to see the fans there. I'm sure the um, players appreciate it 
hearing and seeing the fans there. Nothing like opening day. And my, my hope is that we can keep that going. You know, keep the support. Keep the fan support. I think that the Rays did some things to lower some ticket prices and uh, maybe have some uh, other ways of drawing fans into the stadium. You know my take on where that stadium is and where it should be, so I won't get into that right now. But back to the game. McClanahan, six innings pitched. Through 87 pitches, 38 of them are strikes. Uh, he gave up four hits, struck out six, and one walk. So a great first first day for him. And like I said, I'm pretty sure that the Rays are going to have success from a pitching standpoint this year. It's just going to come down to are the bats going to be there at times when we need them. I mean, it was one nothing for a while. And of course, you start thinking about you know, last year in the playoffs, scoring, what, one run in 24 innings or something like that. Uh, so we have to do better than that at the plate. I think that after one game, you can't really you know, say too much about the lineup or who did what or who didn't do what. But I think that as we progress through the season, we'll definitely be able to break down what needs to be done more of and you know, see what we can do as far as keeping the momentum going. The Yankees won, of course. I think all 30 teams played yesterday. And one of the things, the big talk of this season is the changes that have come with the rule changes. So I think it's only fitting for the first show of the season with baseball that we go through these changes, making sure that everyone is up to date with them. Now, they've been... They've been in place in the minor leagues for a couple seasons right now. So the people that are coming up in the league from the, the minors are used to them. So it may not affect them as much as some of the players that have been in the majors for, for quite a while. Breaking it down a little bit, uh, you got the shift rule. So th- what the shift rule is saying is that at the time that a pitch is thrown, all four infielders are required to be on the infield dirt or the infield grass, whichever you will, with two on each side of second base. Now, the players will be able to move as soon as the ball leaves the pitcher's hand. Now, if you remember originally, infielders who began the game on one side of the field would not be allowed to switch to the other side for the entirety of the game, but that was revised to just each inning, unless there's a mid-inning substitution. So breaking it down, in other words, a player who starts an inning at first or second base has to remain on that side of the field for the whole inning, but can then switch to short or third base the next inning. Now, if there's an injury, mid-inning, then that infield can be reset because of that. So that is the rule on the shift. So how is, how is it going to be enforced? If the hitting team reaches base and runners advance on a ball hit under the violation, the game proceeds without penalties. However, if the play has any other consequences, whether it be an out, a sacrifice, etc., the hitting team can decide whether to accept the penalty, which would add one ball to the hitter's count, or decline it and the play would stand. So what you ask yourself, what are they trying to change? 
So the league-wide batting average was down to 243 in 2022, the lowest since 1968. A lack of singles in particular is at the heart of the decline with 2022's rate of 5.33 per team, the third lowest in MLB history. So, you know, like I said, it's been already implemented in the minors for a little while. During the first couple months of the 2022 season, now, with, with the shifts are regulated, the batting average on balls in play by left-handed hitters rose by eight points. So if you're a left-handed batter, you're going to like it, all right? And th- what are the players saying about it? Well, <laughs> it's going to be hard to find a hitter, especially a left-handed one, who isn't on board with eliminating the shift. But what I say is this. If you are a player or a team... You should be able to play wherever you want to play the defense and that the offense and the coaching staff of the offense put the players in there to alleviate where you're playing. I think that's part of the game. And and I really don't like that you have to enforce a, um, a shift rule to be able to accommodate uh, the rules of baseball. That's just me on that one. Now we have the pitch clock. The new rule with the pitch clock is that pitchers will have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty and 20 seconds to throw a pitch with a runner on base. Hitters are going to need to be in the batter's box with eight seconds left on the pitch clock. So how's that going to be enforced? If a pitcher has not started the motion to deliver a pitch before the expiration of the clock, he will be charged with a ball. If a batter delays entering the box, he will be charged with a strike. Now, each stadium is going to have to have two clocks located behind home plate on either side of the umpire, while two more will be required in the outfield on either side of the batter's eye. Spring stadiums may only have one clock in the outfield, but otherwise will be fitted to the exact parameters as the Major League Baseball ones. So, what are they trying to change with that? It's the average time. The average time of a nine-inning Major League game in 2022 was three hours and four minutes, which is actually a six-minute decline from 2021's all-time high, but still, in the eyes of these um, powers that be, they think the time of the game has been rising consistently since first crossing the three-hour mark in 2014. So... (laughs) <laughs> Although it's been implemented in the in the minor leagues, like I've said, there's a stricter stricter pitch clock enforcement based on a 14 second clock with the bases empty and 18 second clock with the runners on. So you're saving basically 20 minutes off the start due to the time of of having that pitch clock. What are the players saying? There's been mixed review reactions to the pitch clock. Veteran relievers worried about rushing through high leverage situations. But again, the young players that have spent time in the minors during the past couple of seasons are used to it. So you have a situation there where the players that you really want to pay to go see play are now going to have to learn to operate within a pitch count. Do you feel as though you're being rushed when you're doing that? 
well, you know, I'll let that up for the, the players that are actually playing to decide. As a fan, you know, after one day of, of baseball being played, I'm hearing, you know, sportscasters, I'm hearing fans saying that it's the best thing since, since uh, sliced bread to be able to have this... Um, the pitch clock. They say they have it in the NBA, a shot clock. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, um, so far, in my opinion, if you're trying to save 20 minutes, I mean, it'll, it'll take me longer to get to the game or get home after a game than it will be to sit there through the game. They want games. Now, the game, the game for the Rays was done quickly. I think it was like two hours and 16 minutes or something like that. Granted, not a, not a lot of runs were scored. But if you have to go and rush to see a game, then why go? Just, just you know, tape it on your TV or record it and watch it when you have two hours to watch it or something like that. I, and cut out the commercials, and then I'll cut down the time. To go to the game, I mean, to make plans, to go out to get tickets. You know, tickets for the game on Thursday, home opener. A lot of people are paying upwards of 150 bucks a ticket to go. You get there, you have parking. You know, two beers cost you 30 bucks. A hot dog and fries, $30. I heard the hot dogs and burgers and fries were good, but $30 for some for a burger and fries, they, they should be good, right? I just don't understand why they're trying to cut the time shorter from a fan's perspective. If you go to the game and you, you don't want to stay for the whole game, then go ahead and leave. Most games, there's going to be times when the game is already over by the fifth inning, sixth inning. Go ahead and skip out. Beat the traffic if you want. I just don't like it, to tell you the truth at this point, but that's just me. I want to hear what you have to say. 877-448-7901. We have another rule change. The pickoffs. The new rule. Pickoffs are one version of a disengagement, which consists of any time the pitcher makes a pickoff attempt, fakes a pickoff, or simply steps off the rubber for any reason, as well as when the defense requests time. Pitchers are allowed two of these disengagements per plate appearance without penalty. The disengagements rule resets if a runner or runners advance a base without the same plate appearance. So how is it going to be enforced, you ask? After a third step off, the pitcher will be charged with the balk. Unless at least one offensive player advances a base or an out is made on the ensuing play after the step-off. What are they trying to change? A lack of action on the base paths has been a concern in Major League Baseball in recent attempts. So what they want to do is have stolen bases go up. Again, they've been doing it in the minor leagues and they seem to like it. So they're going to you know, do that. Are pitchers liking it right now? Well, it's, it's going to take something to get used to. That's for sure. You've, you've seen some ball calls on the opening day so far. You've seen people, runners, I know Alonso. No, didn't get back to first base in time after he tried stealing second. So go figure. He tried stealing second base, doesn't get back to first base in time, so a penalty is called. I, I just I, Again, I, I don't like it, but we're going to see what's going to happen. All right, before we take a break here, trivia question. I mentioned the Rays have been around for 25 years now. They joined in 1998. We uh, got to a World Series. However, we've never won a World Series. What 10 teams have the longest World Series droughts in Major League Baseball? Now, we'll break down the answer when we come back. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. 
Here's a real life story that affects 50% of all of us out there. It's called divorce. If you've gotten divorced and now you're struggling to pay your bills and your credit card debts are completely out of control, you need to call this special debt relief hotline right now. We help people with all kinds of money problems caused by different life challenges, a divorce, a job loss, even heavy medical bills. Paid for by Debt.com. Call now at 800-810-4086. 800-810-4086. That's 800-810-4086. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. During the break, we had several people email their choices for which baseball team had the longest World Series droughts. Uh, Most people said the Texas Rangers. We had some people saying San Diego Padres. We had some Seattle Mariners. Uh, We had some Pittsburgh Pirates. So I'm going to go from the number 10 up to number one. Number one will be the longest drought. So number 10, Oakland A's. They won the 1989 World Series. They have not won since then. That was 33 years ago. Number nine, the New York Mets. If you remember, they won the uh, 86 World Series and haven't won since then. That's 36 years. Detroit, who the Rays are hosting this weekend, come in at eighth uh, at 38 years. They won in 84. Baltimore 39 years ago comes in at number 7. Pittsburgh Pirates are at number 6 43 years ago. Remember that World Series with Stargell and Parker and Omar Marino? Yep, we are family, all that slogan of the song and stuff. Well, that was this Pirates. That was back in 1980. All right, now the top five. Like I said, people have mentioned Seattle. That's right. They were number five uh, 46 years ago. The Padres are at number four. There are big things expected from them this year, but 54 years is how long they've had that drought for. Um, And then number three is the Milwaukee Brewers. A couple people guessed them uh, 54 years ago also. So them and San Diego had the same amount of unhappiness with with the drought. Number two. Texas Rangers. 62 years it's been since the Rangers won a series. And then, of course, the number one team, which no one guessed, would be the Cleveland Guardians. And no, no one said Cleveland Indians and they didn't get credit for it. Cleveland Guardians, number one team, 74 years ago. They won the 1948 World Series uh, and nothing since then. So they're the top 10 teams. Like I said, the Rays, although they haven't won, they've only been around for 25 years. So hopefully we can go ahead and take care of that issue this year now turning shifting gears a little bit let's talk about some golf this is the weekend before the masters starts which in my opinion the masters is the premier golf tournament of the year i don't you know you talk about the u.s open being the hardest you can talk about the pga championship having the best players of this of the year out there to me it's the masters there's something about the masters every year that has the 
um, nostalgia factor to it. The way that they do it on TV really um, makes the course look oh, as astounding to me, and it's beautiful. I hear it's very hilly. I have never been there. Uh, someday I hopefully um, will. But uh, as for right now, the Masters tournament is the tournament that stands out in my mind as the, the best tournament of the season. Now, saying that, you have what's going on in the world of golf these days. You have this so-called battle between the PGA Tour and the LIV Golf League. Uh, now, with the way I look at it, I don't really see a battle so much between the players as I do in the media. I think the media is really trying to create something to talk about, a, a battle. It's pretty simple. If you like the LIV, uh, if you like the players on the LIV, then you follow the LIV. If you're a Dustin Johnson fan, then you follow the LIV. If you want to see Rory McIlroy play, then you follow the PGA Tour. Tiger, the PGA. If you want to follow you know, Phil, then you have to go and Sergio, then you go to the LIV and watch some of that. You can watch both. It's okay, guys and girls. You can actually watch both leagues play and, and players on both of those teams uh, play. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But media wants to say, oh, there's a big battle going. Sure, you have McElroy out there you know, saying some things, raising some dust once in a while. But um, one of the things that the Masters did right was they're allowing players from the LIV to play in the Masters. So, of course, if, if you have won the Masters tournament previously, then you have a lifetime exemption and are invited back every year to play. So, there's 18 players I read in the 89-man field that are coming from LIV. And, you know, there's, uh, I think, five that I counted that were uh, in the LIV that have won it before. And I believe that's Sergio, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, and I think uh, Charles Schwartzel as well. So them, uh, along with, you know, like I said, a total of, I think, 18 players from the LIV are going to be competing there. So the storyline is going to be everyone wants to see a you know, a Sunday final round matchup of the Masters with McElroy going against um, Sergio or McElroy going against Dustin Johnson in the final so that you can say they have the LIV versus the, the PGA Tour to bring credibility to the LIV tour. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see it that way. I I see the golfers as golfers. Whoever's out there playing well will get to the, you know, they'll make the cut. They'll get to the, you know, third and fourth round and, and see how they do. I hope that the, um, the golf world, the fans, get to see the hottest players playing for that week. So that's going to all be next week. We'll talk more about that, obviously, uh, next week on the show. I think that we talk about golf. Like I mentioned, if you like the LIV, the LIV is out there in Orlando this weekend. So if you want to take a ride out there, they play three days. They play 54. I'll give you a little bit of a, a, little bit of a history lesson here. The LIV 
was its Roman numerals, obviously, which stand for the number 54. And that 54 comes into play two different ways. 54 is the number that you would score on a golf card if you played a round of golf and birdied every hole. So that is 54. And other reason why the tour named it LIV is because they only play 54 holes by playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's a good trivia question. Next time you're out with your buddies, um, ask them why they call it the LIV Tour. Anyway, I think it's going to be great. Like I said, you have um, Bubba Watson out there who always has something to say. Mickelson, he's a three-time Masters champion. He's going to make his return after skipping the event last year for the first time since 1994. Um, Watson... I think uh, played a couple of practice rounds at Augusta recently. We'll see what happens with that. You know, you have Brooks Kepka out there. Yeah, Justin Thomas, McElroy. Those guys are all buddies down there in Jupiter, Florida. They play a couple times a week when they're not playing on the tour. So, like I said, the media builds it up more so than it actually is, in my opinion. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Masters next week. We'll talk about that. All right, finally, the NCAA Final Four. Tell you what, you got a couple games now. Um, two games today and then the championship game on Monday. So who do you have? Well, you have the first game, which is going to be Florida Atlantic going against San Diego State. Now, who would have thought that one of those two teams, Florida Atlantic down there in Boca, or San Diego State across the, the, the nation out there, well, one of those two teams is going to be in the championship game on Monday night. Did you guys have that in your brackets? I certainly didn't. Um, and the second game is going to be UConn, playing the University of Miami, which I think is going to be a heck of a game as well. And that's going to be at 9 o'clock tonight. First game's at 6 o'clock. So you're going to have four teams there. Two of them two of them belong, in my opinion. I mean, well, obviously, they all belong. I just didn't think that they would be in the Final Four because when you look at there haven't been any number one seeds or a number two seed, I don't believe, in the in the final um, this year, which is unusual for the final four. Now, University of Miami could be playing in the national championship against FAU. How would that be for the state of Florida? So I know a lot of people are hoping for that matchup. Um, that would be fine with me. I don't. Does at this point it doesn't really matter. I do have to say from the. Um, tournament, the brackets that we ran at Jimmy B Sports. I want to congratulate Clay Snelliker. He is the only person that has a team in the Final Four. Of all the people that played, thank you for playing and participating. Clay is the only person that has any teams left in the Final Four. That team is UConn. So hopefully, um, you know, it's going to be a, a great day of basketball as well. Congratulations to Clay, even though he did pick Purdue to win the whole thing and was knocked out um, last Friday in the first round 
by FDU, number one seed, getting beat by a 16 seed. Isn't really good clay, but nonetheless, you deserve the victory. So shout out to you for that. Guys, that's all the time that we have. I know we covered a lot. Let's hope that the Lightning can come away with a um, win today against the Islanders. Let's see some good basketball. Let's hope that the Rays can go out there and, and have a good game today. Let's see what Eflin has from the Phillies acquisition there. And it's going to be a great weekend of sports. Anytime you want to email me, sports at power901.com with any questions or comments. JimmyBSports.com is the website. Make sure you're getting on there, checking out all the latest scores and sports news. Guys, as always, stay safe, stay vigilant. Above all, stay positive. Thank you for listening. The show is growing each and every week. We're going to be having some guests on in the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to talking sports with you. Have a great weekend. See you next week in the gymnasium. Mm-hmm.